praise tonight. You know, we might be small in numbers, but we're here, and I feel the, the Holy Spirit in here, and His presence is with us tonight, and with us this morning, and just a wonderful time in the Lord this morning together, and uh, tonight I expect no different. He's already shown us that He's here, and He's dwelling with us tonight, and He's visiting with us, so praise the Lord for that. Um, we're going to get into the Word of God tonight, so hopefully you came ready for the Word also. Um, man, the sound just sounds so amazing, doesn't it? It sure does. You know, it's, that's how God works. He can take something that maybe was meant for bad and he can turn it around for the good. Amen. So we give God all glory and all praise. He is so faithful, so good to us. And, um, you know, tonight I want to talk to you, uh, I want to talk to you, if I was to title tonight's message, it would be, are we ready for when our such a time as this moment arrives? Are we ready for a such a time as this moment? And I believe we're getting close to our such a time as this. I believe that. I don't just say that. I believe that. I truly believe that tonight, that our such a time as this moment is close. It is close. You know, the Word of God says that there will be a great falling away towards the end of days, right? But what I don't read in there, it doesn't say that they won't come back. Does it? It just says that there will be a great falling away. But it also says there's going to be a time like no other that his spirit's going to be poured out upon all flesh. So when it says there's a great falling away, I believe they're coming back. Anybody going to agree that, with that today? Don't, I, I believe they're coming back tonight. There will be a falling away. There's already been a falling away. There's been a falling away that's been going on for some time now. But I believe they're coming back. The children that have fallen away are coming back. Amen. I've already seen it in, my, in our family, but we, we're seeing that in others. And, and we thank God for he is faithful. He is faithful tonight. So I do want to talk to you tonight about revival. And we hear about revival. We talk about revival. But I'm ready to see revival. Anybody else going to? Are you experiencing personal revival in your own life? I'm, in, I'm experiencing personal revival. I'm, I'm experiencing I want to be a revivalist. Anybody in here tonight want to say, raise your hand and say, I want to be a revivalist tonight. I want to carry that revival spirit in me. Praise God. So everybody, you know, most hands went up in this place tonight. You know, it's a Sunday night crowd. We're all here, man. And, and we're going to enjoy the Lord and we're going to open up the word tonight. But I hope that you're excited about the days coming, right? We do get weary and he's encouraged us, but... There is a time of refreshing among us. It's here. It's present right now. And I do believe that a time is coming where we're going to see his spirit poured out. And we're going to see those coming back home. Not only to this house, but to the houses in our community. How many want to see every church house in our community filled up? Man, we can't, we can't contain it all. I want to see it all overflowing, us coming together and having services together. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
He's not coming back just for a bride of non-denominationals. He's coming back for a bride. He's coming back for all of us, isn't he? Man, that's going to be a wonderful time. I'm excited about it. Oh, it's going to be amazing. The term revival has been used to label sudden supernatural moves of God. Moves that have changed the course of communities and countries. I want to see this community change for the Lord. Amen? This nation turn back to God. Amen? This world, I mean, we're seeing, we're experiencing it all over the world. I want to see it here for us as well. One of the very first, we know this, one of the very first uh, recorded revivals is there in the upper room, right? A wonderful outpouring of his spirit. It was a sudden life-changing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I like to use a word called epic. How many is ready for an epic move of God? I'm ready for an epic move of God. I'm ready to see something maybe I've never seen in my life. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for his his spirit to just be poured out. There's no doubt that accompanied with this revival that we talk about, there's a great deal of work that's included with that. Anybody here ready to work tonight? You know, the Bible does say that, you know, the harvest is plentiful, right? But it says the laborers are few. And it is a great harvest ready. Are we ready? Are the laborers ready tonight? Are the faithful Sunday night crowd, are you ready tonight? Huh? Are we ready tonight for the, for the influx of people? We keep saying that. We're going to see it. We're not letting that go because that's something that's been prophesied. It's been spoken about. It's been declared over this house. And I believe it's coming to pass. I'm holding on to that. We're going to see it happen. And it's not going to be a long time. We're going to see that happen. Are we ready as the laborers, ready for this? I pray to God that we are. Abundant Grace House of Prayer, are we positioned Are we positioned tonight ready for a great responsibility? Because it is a huge responsibility, isn't it? We get excited about it, right? When you talk about revival, you talk about this great influx of people. But it comes with a great responsibility. And we're not getting all Spider-Man in here or whatever that is. With great power becomes great responsibility. Okay? But it is a true thing. There is great responsibility. That comes along with it, all right? And it's a privilege to steward such a great thing. It's a great privilege and a great honor that's bestowed upon us. And when we look back at an example set by the very first believers as they waited, they had expectation, didn't they? You see, does anyone have expectation here tonight? Are you anticipating? Yes, we are anticipating that God's going to promise Something that he spoke to us. And we can learn so much from that group of people. We can learn so much from that first group of believers that were waiting with anticipation to see a move, to see something. There's a certain posture that they held, all right? A certain attitude, if you will, that they held. That early church modeled this as they waited on God to show up and to move. There was a certain approach that they took. They were positioned to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Are we positioned to receive tonight? Are we positioned? Have we positioned ourselves tonight being ready for what God is going to do next? Is anybody ready for what God's going to do next? You get excited about what God's going to do next? You see, just like I don't want to get off into what I was talking about this morning, but the enemy is very real and he's going to try to dull this in front of you and say that it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? He's going to dull. That's what he's doing to believers. He's dulling them. You've heard about a great outpouring. Have you heard a, a next big great move of God? And he's going to dull you and want to dull you and dull you in your walk and think, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it's going to happen because God said it's going to happen. Amen. It's going to happen. So being ready for what is next in God begins with it's intentional. And it's assuming a posture of a revivalist. So for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about posturing ourselves. All right? Simply the attitude of revival. And we're going to use scripture to do that tonight. And so hopefully you're ready for the next few minutes. And we're going to talk about this. But here's one thing I found that the early church modeled. And it was a lifestyle of generosity. Anybody know that to be true? Anybody reading your Bible in the New Testament about the early church? They were generous people. They were generous folk, wasn't they? Can we just talk like that? They were, they were generous. And not, you know, generous, yes, with giving, but generous in other ways. That's what we want to talk about tonight. Yes, they were generous in giving. Absolutely, they were generous in giving. They were generous in other ways as well. The things that they received from the Lord, they didn't just store it up like a storehouse in them. They were ready to pour it out, ready to give what the Lord had given them. So if God gives us joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, is it just for us to store up and to be selfish with it? It's to spread on to others that are lacking the joy around us. Because there's nothing worse than being around a group of people that are a bunch of non-joyous people, right? Oh, come on, you guys are going to have to help me tonight. We're family, okay? I mean, come on. Does anybody like just being in a group of people that are no fun? And not, joy's not just fun. I get it. But there's just no strength in it. That's scripture. You see, when there's a group, a group of people and there's no joy in the mix, there's no strength in the mix. There's no power in the mix because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when I'm in a group of people and there's no joy there, I know that there's no strength there. That's true. So if there's joy that we receive, then I want to be somebody that can let it overflow onto others as well. If God has blessed me financially, then I do want to Give generously in that way. If God has given me gifts, they're not just to store up so that I can use them here and there just for myself. They're to be freely given to others, not just in the house of God either, right? If God has given me a spirit, a great gift of, of, of revelation or knowledge or wisdom, do I share that with just the house or can I share that outside of the house? I can absolutely share that outside of the house. Or of prophecy, 
I could share that outside of the house. So it's a generous lifestyle. We were not created to be reservoirs, were we? That's not what we were created for, just to store up goodness and provision and power for ourselves. And Dina kind of hit on it, and she didn't know it, but we are to be rivers of God, you know? Isn't that something? Is anybody in here, you mentioned it tonight about being dry, right? Now, I know the Lord gives us what we need for sure, but does he ever use individuals to help out? Either a yes or a head shake. Okay. All right. He does. Because there's times where I feel a little dry. Right? And then I get around people who are overflowing. And man, that helps. It helps. It's like I take a drink from them. Anybody know that to be true tonight? Y'all ate way too much food this afternoon. That's all I know. You didn't get a nap or you got too much of a nap. All right? I'm not going to preach an hour and a half. Okay? Hang with me for a little while. We're just, we're just being family in here tonight talking about revival. Who can't get excited about revival? Who can't get excited about what God's going to be doing, what he is doing right now? You know, I look around these chairs and there's plenty of empty spaces. But there's going to be a time where you're going to have to get here early, Right? Are you believing that way? Right? Because if you believe that it's always going to be this way, well, you're going to get left behind for one because it's going to happen. Right? I want to be in the mix of something happening. You see? I want to be in the mix of that. I want to be busy about what's happening. It's easy to let everybody do the work and then reap the benefits of it. That's the easy way. Why not jump in Get involved with it and see it happen. Oh, man, think about that. When we jump in together and we, we live a generous lifestyle. You know, everybody t- thinks about as soon as you say generous, they're like, they clenched their wallet. Well, the Benjamins can't come out, right? I mean, I might give you a George Washington, maybe an Abraham Lincoln. You ain't getting my bins. <laughs> that is part of it though, right? You ever had the Holy Spirit just really impress upon you to, to give of financial means? Hmm. I do thank God that our church is a generous church. I don't just say that to puff anyone up, but the men and the women, the leadership of this church are very compassionate people. And they are giving, and we listen to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And I thank God for that. You you should thank God for that. Because God will bless our house for being generous. He will bless us. God will not bless a fear-based decision. He's not into being fearful, is he? He's He's not into that. You see, when generosity of giving, when combined with faith, God will honor that. And then supernatural things occur. They occur. That's a great uh, combination right there, isn't it? 
If you look at Matthew 25, 14 through 30, we're not going to go there and read it, but uh, it talks about uh, the parable of the talents, and I'm sure you, you're sure you know the, the story of the talents. And the best we may have enough for ourselves, but we will never experience the overflow that comes from giving freely to others. Jesus, I will go to this one. He, he modeled the river principle in Luke chapter 8, 45 through 46. Did I give that one to you guys? Yeah. Jesus modeled this river principle. He says, who touched me? Jesus asked when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding you everywhere and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. And I know that power has gone out from me. And Jesus was being constantly touched by people here, right? I mean, it's a crowd of people, so you know he's from everywhere people are touching Jesus. But something happened when when a faith-filled woman touched him. And merely power was released from him. That's generous giving. Now, you might not think it is, but it is a generous giving, isn't it? It's freely giving. And we're to be conduits of God's power and provision as well. There's desperate people all around us tonight, church, aren't there? There's desperate people everywhere. And if we truly believe what we say, that we are conduits of God's power, then when we come and we receive, it's not a reservoir to keep for ourselves, is it? It's to freely give to others around us. Freely give kindness. Freely give patience. <laughs> you know the, the old silly thing about patience in, the, in a drive-thru? <laughs> you don't want to give it, do you? It's like I might have some patience, but I don't want to dish it all out in the drive-thru. Because I, my reservoir is running low right now, right? But we freely give it That's because that's who, that's who we are. We're, we're believers in Christ. We're, we're a separated people. We're a called out people. We are to be different, to act different, to love differently, to be patient differently, right? <laughs> when somebody does something to you, we're, we're to react in a different way. And sometimes that's hard to do because the, the tank is low. Well, that's important that we constantly get filled back up. It's repetitious. It's coming and going. It's receiving and pouring out. And I thank God he's asked us to do that and be alongside of him in doing that. The truth is that God has powered us to activate his kingdom in the lives of others. He's empowered us to do that. It was never meant to simply improve our own lives, was it? It was never meant to do that. Just simply improve my life and don't worry about anybody else around me. And just stay with me. I only got a couple more points here that we're going to get through. The second thing I believe that the early church had as revivalists, they had a surrendered heart, didn't they? Didn't they have a surrendered heart? Oh, yeah, they wholeheartedly surrendered to God, to the will of God. They were, they were dying to themselves daily, like Scripture says. That's what they were doing. They were obeying. They, they, they loved to obey his commands. 
You know, that's, that's what they were doing. They, they were loving. You know, John Bevere, how many of you are familiar with John Bevere? He's probably watching tonight. I know he tunes in and watches this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right. Love your book. All of them, okay? And if you want to come here and preach, we'll let you, okay? I mean, we'll let, we'll let you come here and speak, all right? Are you okay? Some people are like, who's John Bevere? All right, just trust me, he's good. All right. But he had an opportunity to go um, talk with Jim Baker, uh, if you know, if you remember Jim Baker, and he was in prison for uh, some stuff. And um, he asked a very profound question, and, and well, he asked a very good question. Jim Baker gave a very profound answer. And he said, when did you fall out of love with Jesus, Jim? And Jim's response was, I never fell out of love with Jesus. I loved him all the way through it. He said, but I didn't fear him. You know? I can say all day long that I love him, but if I don't want to obey anything of what he says, then I don't fear him whatsoever. I love him. And I love the idea of Jesus, but I don't really think that he's holy. And that's not me saying that. That would be my attitude, right? It's, I love you as a loving God, but I don't really want you as a holy God. It's really what we do, right? But he is both. He is holy, absolutely holy. And if you're still watching, John, <laughs> we definitely want you to come. Because you can explain that a whole lot better than I can. All right? But it's a surrendered heart tonight. Yeah, we can have a little fun, can't we? Yeah. I'm glad. Because I'm going to. But surrender is a, is a tough one for a lot of people, surrender is. And I get that. Because it means you stop resisting and you submit to someone's authority. Now, we talked this morning about resisting. But that was resisting the devil. We don't want to resist God. Right? And surrender is about resist. Well, when we don't want to surrender, we're resisting authority. Right? It's kind of like a rebellious state. Okay? When we do that. And, and the big problem is, is this. And I will only say this about me, is that we like control. Right? We do like control. We like to have things the way we like to have things. That's really what it comes down to. We like taking the lead. And once again, God will not bless that. He will not bless that. If we want to take control, he does not bless that. So surrender requires us to trust him. And the minute we begin to trust in our own strength, we position ourselves to fall when we do that, when we trust in our own strength. And one of the promises Dina read to us this morning when she got up here and she read off promises of God and the Holy Spirit just took over and moved in her when she was reading those and praying over us this morning. But one of the promises that she read this morning is that God has proven that he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. That he has provided all wisdom and instruction we need. And it's found in his word tonight. The question is this. Are we consuming 
his word? Are we feasting at his table? Are we breaking his bread? Are we doing that? And if we are, then we're going the right direction. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 48 says, 48, 17 says this. This is Isaiah 48, 17. It says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. You know, maybe you're at that point right now in your life and maybe you're unable to see the signs of hope, let alone revival. It's a small group. There might be somebody in here tonight that's not even able to see the signs of hope. And I'm talking about revival and you can't see that because you don't have signs of hope. Or maybe it's someone watching tonight. Maybe you just need to start with having hope, right? And that's, that's, that's a starting point there is, is to regain hope. Anybody ever lost hope in here before? That's a sad place to be. It really is when you, when you lose hope. So I say this, if that's you, take a step of faith. Even if you're here tonight and, and maybe you've lost hope in revival, right? Maybe you've lost hope in revival. Take a step of faith. Do that. Just take a step of faith. Get your Bible out if you haven't been doing it as much. You know, that is a great diversion of the enemy is to get us busy and, and, and to make us think that we're so busy that we can't spend time in the Word. You know? Even if it's just grabbing a, a scripture, right? Even if it's open that word and just let it, a, a scripture talk to us a day. And really feasting on a, a word from the Lord or a promise from the word of God. The days that we live in, we have to, it's absolute must that we have to be in our word, right? We need that. That's, that's vital to us is being in the word. We need to be in our word. Pray and assume the posture of a revivalist in preparation for what is to come. That's just simple faith. And I tell you, simple faith, it does attract God. Does anybody believe that tonight? That just a simple amount of faith attracts God? That's a word tonight, isn't it? I mean, you think about how small a, a mustard seed is, right? Or, or the, the simple faith of a child. I mean, it's throughout where it talks about, it's just a simple faith. It's just trusting in him. It's surrender to him. Mm. It's generosity. And the third thing I want to share with you tonight, and I know I'm almost done, is position yourself to be used. Position yourself to be used. Because positioning is so important. Anyone ever play sports in here? Raise your hand if you ever played a sport. Anybody? I played a few sports when I was younger. And one of those sports I played, and I played with some of you here, we, we played a lot of softball together, but we played some basketball too. And I never really had that going for me because I'm too short. <laughs> but I could jump back in the day a little bit. So I used that to my advantage. And I had a little speed. So I used that to position myself, right, when we're talking about positioning, because positioning is so important. I know when my son Kai was playing football, and I wish he would have stuck with that. <laughs> He's a big boy. <laughs> but he, 
But I remember, and I played football back in junior high, but I remember this with him, is that he was playing the line. He was playing offensive line and defensive line. And I can remember this over and over by the coaches. And he kept telling him, positioning, positioning, positioning. Because he's like, you got to get in there and you got to take their arms out or, you know, whatever it is, those football terminology. And it was all about positioning, gaining the upper strength on it. When I was playing basketball, that was, I, had to, I had to go for positioning. I wasn't a great shooter, right? But I got all the junk stuff because I could jump a little bit. And the guys I was playing around most of the time, I could jump over them. So I got all the junk, you know, the rebounds, and I could put it back up. But it was about positioning. I had to position myself to do that, right? In softball, whenever we played softball, and you had a left-handed batter, and I was playing left field, it was about positioning, or you had a right-handed hitter. It was about positioning. Or if you knew you had to move up, you moved up. It was about positioning. So it's a lot about positioning. In the church, it's the same way. We need to position ourselves to be used. God sees if you're positioning yourself to be used or not. He sees that. And don't allow distractions to get you out of position. Because there's coming a time when God will make a move. <laughs> He's going to make a move. And we need to be found standing in right position, patiently, expectantly, with great faith and anticipation. That needs to be our position. Mm. See, God hasn't forgotten about us tonight, church. He's not forgotten about us. The enemy wants you to think that he's forgotten about us, but he's not forgotten about us. Not one bit. And he's not pulling out on a promise that he's given us. Absolutely not. His time is always perfect, and he always delivers on his promises. Can I say that again? He always delivers on his promises. Hmm. I got a scripture that I'm getting ready to get to here in just a minute. Are we positioned and ready for action tonight, church? We cannot get distracted by or intimidated by what's going on outside of the walls or what's going on around us. We have to ready ourselves for the glory that's going to be revealed. <laughs> that excites me even when I say that and I type that out. I'm excited. I'm excited about the glory that's going to be revealed. Hmm. Isaiah 43, 19. And then I'm going to go with 40, 31, okay? 43, 19, it says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness, and I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. I hold on to that tonight. That's a wonderful promise from the Lord right there. Let us stir up faith, church. Aghop, let us stir up faith to once again believe what the Lord says, what the word of God says. I'm going to leave us with Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is so good, isn't he? It's wonderful. I'm, a, I'm a really, a truly 
expecting. And we talk about it all the time. We're going to see. We're going to see souls coming. We're going to see lives being changed, transformed, people being set free. There's going to be people who come in here that the world's going to think and wrote them off. And they're going to come in and they're going to be a life transformed. And they're going to have something stirring in them, a freshness. It's going to be stirring in them. And they're going to have it and it's going to be a fire like shut up in their bones. And they're not going to be able to contain it. It's going to happen. But here's the thing is, is that are we going to wait for that to happen to set us on fire? Or are we going to be set on fire right now and just let it continue to burn whenever they come in? Some churches, that's what they're waiting on. They're waiting on fresh fire to come in to get us going again. I say, let's be burning strong. Let's be a, let's be a flame that's going strong. So when they come in, we're taking off running because we've positioned ourselves. 